Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Spotlight Hollywood Edition. I am one of your hosts, Kente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tara Lynn. How are you doing, Tara? Hey, I'm great. Great night. Yes, this is. It's been a really good uh, start to the week. Uh, what is this, like Wednesday now? <laughs> Wednesday already. I know, so we're halfway through through the week. Uh, this is a special show tonight. We normally do our show on Fridays, we're uh, we're going to be joined by actress Rakia Bernard. But um, I, I know that you recently uh, had an experience you wanted to share with the audience. So why don't you uh, tell us? Yeah. So last weekend, I went to a virtual world conference, and it was actually done in the virtual world. And I have never, you know, I go to a ton of conferences. This was my very first conference in a virtual space, and it was the coolest thing. There were speakers from all different walks of life that use virtual worlds, like for education and training, um, you know, teachers, professors, university people, um, and it was just amazing. And specifically, there was this one lady who um, was from NASA, and she's working on creating a virtual world for these the future six astronauts that will be chosen to go to Mars because it's like a six-month trip and uh, in order for them not to feel lonely and, you know, up there, they're creating this virtual world space for them to utilize while they're on the spaceship. I thought, how cool is that? So it was a really intense, uh, exciting time. They even talked about a new... um, virtual kind of like the matrix some glasses that you you can wear and in a month the samsung uh, galaxy 4 note or galaxy note 4 which i actually just bought um will have an application that you can download and then you attach it to these glasses and it'll be like you can stand and you'll be in the virtual space so i can't wait for that i'll geek out over that one but uh the Mars thing was probably the coolest. I, I mean, just to think that they've been working two years on a virtual space for astronauts to be able to uh, be like they're visiting Paris or whatever while they're out in space is pretty cool use of a virtual world. And you kind of um, had a little space situation recently, too. You saw Interstellar? Yes, I did. It's so funny. It kind of ties in a, a little bit of what you're talking about. Um, yes, I did see Interstellar last night. And it was a terrific film. Uh, you know, I'm, anyone who knows me knows I really uh, admire the work of Christopher Nolan. And uh, I thought he did a brilliant job uh, with this film. It was about three hours long. So it was a, a uh, very long film, but it went by fast for me. I really enjoyed it. I thought the acting was good. The directing, of course, is good. And I, you know, I really liked how everything turned out as well. And, um, you know, I, I, I hear that it's getting a lot of praise from the science community as well because they deal with uh, wormholes and black holes and, you know, of course, uh, space travel and whatnot. So and they throw around a lot of theories and whatnot. So uh, but um, hey, as a just as a film and entertainment, I thought mm-hmm. it was excellent. And I definitely suggest anyone who, you know, liked it. I, I mean, likes that kind of uh, material to go see it. Uh, I know it's being compared a lot to Gravity, and there's some reasons why I can see why people would compare it, but it's really a different film. So uh, definitely, you want to uh, check out Interstellar, and you know it's really good. Nothing bad I can say about about that film. 
I'm going to have to check it out this weekend. And you know I'm a tough critic, by the way. You are a tough critic. <laughs> so, I don't like just everything. So, all right. So, all right. So, uh, and we'll, I guess we'll talk a little bit more on Friday about the virtual conference. And, uh, you know, of yeah. course, we'll, we'll talk about uh, how Interstellar did at the box office on Friday as well. So, what we're going to do right now is um, we have a clip uh, from Intruders. It's a, a TV show on BBC America and that our guest is. Uh, was on. So we're going to play the clip, and on the other side of the clip, we'll be joined by our guests. Anderson's wife. They shot his son, set his home on fire. There it is. You know, you can use my cell if you want to call your mom. Your mom and dad? I don't. I don't know. I think I did the wrong thing, Madison. I think you did too. You didn't tell me the truth, did you? Where'd you get all that money from? You talk too much. Such a creep for being so greedy. I wasn't thinking. Okay. I think it's best if I just turn around and take you back home. So tell me where your mom is at. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, thank you. That was so cool listening to it without seeing it. I was following along, like I knew exactly where you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, I when I saw that, I'm sitting there like I would. I don't care who's inhabiting that little girl. I'm gonna put it on the station I want. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The, it's the little cute ones that are always evil. <laughs> yeah, always, 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 always. Never trust the cute kids. <laughs> now we're we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, your turn on uh, intruders, but uh, you know, as we love to do all the time, we like to start from the beginning. So, Rakia, where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm from Toronto. Blah blah. Toronto, <laughs> Ontario, Canada. <laughs> yes, That's where yes. I'm from. I, yeah, I grew up in North York, uh, like Lawrence and Keel area. <laughs> and I went to school downtown, like uh, Jarvis Collegiate and uh, Ryerson University is my alma mater. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> now, Toronto, yeah. as, as we've chronicled, the Toronto, as He's we've chronicled. Oh, that one of a kind. <laughs> 
<laughs> Toronto, as we have chronicled on this show, is uh, the hotbed for a lot of talent in the entertainment uh, arena. I mean, uh, so many great young actors uh, come from there. And uh, I guess you're part of that vibe. What does it feel like to be a part of this generation, this golden age, I would have to say, of Toronto actors? Yeah, I I feel honored to be a part of it. It's uh it's a it's been a different time for the Canadian entertainment industry. You know, there was the boom of the nineties where, you know, Hollywood North was was established and then with the rise of the Canadian dollar things shifted a lot with the industry and I and I think with that shift it's really pushed uh, Canada to really kind of step up to the plate with our own productions and, and and the talent has just risen to the occasion not only in front of the camera but behind the camera as well. I feel really really honored to be a part of this generation of entertainers. <laughs> <laughs> so Rakia, as a kid in that area what was it that first got you interested uh-huh. in the industry? Um well, I, I I I live in my head a lot, and so TV is kind of a, a good partner for me. <laughs> like I get involved, you know. And even as a little girl, my parents had a uh, nickname for me, Miss Dress Up, because Aww. I would put on everybody's clothes, my mom's, my dad's, my older sister's clothes. Uh, and and just and try out different characters, you know. My sister would do the same thing, but she didn't get the same uh, name. It was me, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's where it all kind of started, you know. Like even my sister and I, there used to be a festival called Caravan, and uh, not Caravana, but Caravan. And like they had kitty um, uh, competition, and you know, my sister and I just got a kick out of putting my mom's African. Uh, Kangas, it's like a like a sar like a like a sarong basically. Uh, we got a kick of putting those on and learning routines and then performing them and competing in these competitions. And like, you know, I was I don't know four or five years old at the time. My sister was Aww. about nine or ten. It's pretty ambitious to be doing that on our own, you know. But it was all part of the dream. This this kind of make believe life of and performance and entertaining. That's where it all started from. I think. Aww. Um, Kinte, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Because it sounds like she was the cute little kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? You can't trust me? (laughs) No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) At least you couldn't back then, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) When you you got to high school, uh, did you do any uh, plays or anything like that? Yeah, when I got to high school, I fast-tracked through high school. I didn't like it too much, but what I did like was uh, my drama class. And um, I remember doing a play called Departures and Arrivals, and we entered it into the Sears Drama Festival and came in third, mm. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but at, and, and at the time, I wasn't really, like, I thought about being an actor at the time, but, you know, my mom is from Kenya, my dad's from Jamaica. They didn't exactly move to Canada for me to become a performing artist. And they're like, you know, doctor, lawyer, those are good choices, right? And, um, <laughs> but it was drama that really bit me, and they've been super, super supportive this whole time. 
um, for me. And uh, I think doing plays like Departures and Arrivals, and even my drama class, where we did like, you know, a lot of theater, mining work and stuff, mask work, um, was really good, you know, in holding that in. I kind of forgot your question and rambled on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just about uh, when you were in high school, about drama being a part of what you, you did in high school. That's what yeah, you did. yeah, it, it was definitely a part of it. Because, like, oh, I remember. Here we go. Back to the question. <laughs> um, so I took drama throughout high school, and I fast-tracked through high school. And so I, I, when I realized, oh, my God, this is my last year, I should probably go to college for something, uh, drama was the only thing that I really enjoyed. And so I went for it, figuring, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm young enough, I could major in something else and switch. But I might as well just try it. And uh, and I got into Ryerson, which which I thought was fantastic for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, was there a piece of acting advice that you received, or maybe a couple of different pieces from different uh, teachers that you would pass on? Um, not from school. I have to say, um, I I was really scared. Um, leaving. Ryerson, when I graduated, whether I would actually work as an actor, you hear so many stories of actors who tried and, and, and it just never panned out for them, you know, and, and that's the majority. And so, you know, I include myself in that. I, I included myself in that. And, um, and I'll never forget, I was doing background work during my second uh, year of university uh, during the summer holidays. And I was body doubling on Caveman's Valentine, which starred Samuel L. Jackson. And what a great awesome. experience that was. Amazing. I was body doubling for the woman who was playing his uh, daughter. And, um, and he, I don't know, I had a thing for candy, so I had like a big stash of candy in my pocket. And he had the same thing, too, in his pocket. <laughs> so we bonded <laughs> over that. So I started, I started talking to him. I am sure he'll never, he would never remember this if I ever got the chance to meet him again. Um, I remember talking to him at like theater school. Once you graduate, you get yourself to New York and you start, start pounding the pavement there, you know, which I never did. I did my version of that, which was Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but he's like, don't listen to the advice of your teachers. <laughs> and this is going to sound really cold, but he said they are teachers for a reason and not <gasps> actors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ouch!" Because I really respected my teachers, you know. Yeah. And it was like it was a it was like the flip side of reality, and and I kind of have to agree with him. Like even now, when I study, I, I like taking acting classes, and. Um, if I do, I need to make sure that the teachers are actually working actors so that what they're teaching is still relevant, you know? That's because smart, there's a yeah. lot of non-working actors out there who are still teaching acting, and, and, I, and I'm weary of that, for, especially for the young ones that are coming up, you know? If, if yeah, I, so that was, I think, some very important piece of advice that I got in my second year of college. <laughs> nice. One, one thing that, uh, just, yeah. just looking at your... The, some of the projects you've taken and the different roles you've had. Uh, one word that comes to mind uh-huh. when I think of you 
is versatility. It seems like you're very versatile. Um, is that something that you I wanted to, to make sure that you could, you know, because some people, you know, they they can't go outside of a certain bubble, or at least they they don't get that opportunity. Is that something that you really tried to do it with your career? Is be reversible in the different roles? I, yeah, I, I mean, if I look at my roles, I, I can see some similarities because the characters really evolve from me. Even mm-hmm. though the characters themselves have different lives and stuff, um, but uh, thank you. Um, I've uh, I've been blessed to to be able to get different roles like that. You know, there are certain roles I find myself playing a little bit more often these days, like the BFF mm-hmm. role in movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I aim to diversify my characters. Um, I get bored easily, and I mean, it's no fun to just be playing the same thing over and over again. I, the, I need to keep engaged in this, you know, and it's and that's what it's about for me is to find the true character of these characters. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what was your first mm-hmm. uh, big job after Ryerson? Oh, that was exciting. Holy smokes. That was Our America, an MOW directed by Ernest Dickerson, mm. who, of course, is famed for being the cinematographer for all the Spike Lee's um, coming mm. up, Do the Right Thing, She's Gotta Have It. Walking Dead um, director. Mo Better Blues. Like, <laughs> all, like, he's, like, he was a huge part of Spike's um, look of that time, you know, and... And, and, was, and cause I, I believe they were college buddies that they, they came up together, mm-hmm. and he was directing that MOW. And thank God I didn't look him up before I went in for that audition because I was <laughs> way too nervous going in. I was like, yeah, whatever. This guy with his dreads, you know. And um, that was the uh, the that was my very very first job I ever booked. And it was, it came at a timely time because I told my parents I'm moving out of the house into my first apartment and I accepted an apartment and didn't have enough money for my first month's rent. <laughs> 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 yeah, really dumb. <laughs> and then I booked a job and so that helped out with that. It was a fantastic uh, role too because it was based on a, a real life character, a real life story actually. Um, uh, about these two kids out of Chicago who did kind of similar to you guys. They did a radio show and ended up winning a Peabody Award by just documenting their life growing up in the hood. And oh, um, wow. and I played the sister uh, to Brandon Hammond's character. Uh, yeah, and uh, it was it was it was a fantastic experience. Mm. With what was it P. called? Williamson. Our America. Uh, Our America. Our America. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it starred Josh Charles, Brandon Hammond, uh, Vanessa Williams, uh, the Dreads, not the other one, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Michael T. Williamson, which, you know, and, and, and I got to be a part of that team, which I was like, Amazing. straight out of the university. Yeah, amazing, yeah. <laughs> the the rockabye baby uh, uh, Vanessa Williams from uh, New Jack City. <laughs> that that that's one. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And now, um, tell us <laughs> tell us about the stagers. Uh, tell us about that project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was cool. I um, I had a part time job working for a home staging company. 
Um, and I was working with one of my best friends. We're still really, really good friends, Matthew Simerson, who is a home stager designer and uh, interior designer now. Um, and just coincidentally, they got this reality TV show. HGTV was looking for a home staging show. Uh, to be filmed out of Vancouver and Decora Home Staging, the company I worked for, uh, was and still is one of the biggest home staging companies here in Canada. They're in Vancouver and Calgary. <laughs> and, mm. they, and so I was one of the people that they featured in the show. And it was pretty crazy. Um, I mean, the whole home staging process is pretty crazy to like decorate all whole house and in Vancouver there are a lot of mansions being decorated in like you know three days only <laughs> 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 three or four people you know and then you know, they shove a camera in my face and ask me questions about what I'm doing how I'm doing you know and how I'm doing it but I'm just like and my couch never came I need to go to the other side of town to get it and I'll be with this at the home theater to try to convince them to, to give me their couch because their job finishes after mine and all this other drama, you know, so it made for really good TV. <laughs> Very stressful, enjoyable time for us, though. <laughs> and all the different personalities that we have. Yeah, it was, it was a fun, fun, fun show, actually. Did you, yeah. so you enjoyed the reality aspect of it, the improv aspect of it, really? I- I I did, I did, like, it it was truly reality, you know, like, they could get a job, and the jobs were real jobs, and then there's the added layer of explain, like, HGTV is all about kind of DIY, do-it-yourself, you know, how do you do this, you know, Um, but they wanted another layer of, of course, the drama, which, you know, it's home staging, so that just kind of comes with the package, (laughs) and, um... And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a really, it was a great experience that I, I enjoyed fondly that unfortunately came to an end with the uh, stock market crash of 2008 and nobody was Take buying homes up. anymore. Wow. Aww. Yeah. Now I saw, yeah. uh, I saw you in Headcasters as well. Another kind of reality show. <laughs> Dude, that in just freaked me out. I don't know how you did that, but. Oof. So tell me a little bit about that. It was, yeah, it was, um, that was for intruders. Uh, they needed to make a cast of my head, which I had never had done before. And, uh, what's his name? Bill Mizell owns a studio and, uh, he's a guy. Um, he at first asked, are you claustrophobic? And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's like, are you sure about that? And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure. And then they started, they started putting saran wrap on my hair and jacked up my afro. (laughs) (laughs) And then then it was all flat afterwards, you know. And and then uh, they, um, then three of their artists came like, kind of like, are you ready to do this? Okay, just stay seated over here. And then they started putting this purple stuff that was really warm all over my face. And that was, uh, it's called Algenae. And it's a kind of, um, it's a, like a, like a, a seaweed mix. And, uh, it's actually really great on the skin. So they put that on and then they put the, uh, the cast material on top of it so they can get the negative mold. And when I was fine with the, with the purple, um, Algenae on, um, but when they put the, the cast material on, that really 
started to trigger some sort of claustrophobia that I didn't know I had. Oh, no. And nothing crazy. <laughs> no Kevin Hart crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no paranoia. But, like, but like all of a sudden, you know, because they had two straws in my nostrils, and that's all that I was breathing from because they had to get a cast of my mouth as well. Uh, to show, like, where my teeth had fallen out and rotten out and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, spoiler alert, and, um, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, it's, when it started hardening, it gets very heavy, and not to mention, like, I'm drooling inside because my mouth needed to be open for it, and so I have all this saliva, and there's like, or, and I'm, you know, and they're like, <laughs> I can hear them from the outside over my ears because my ears are also casted, and so I'm in this vacuum, and I can hear, how you doing, Rakia? And I'm like, meaning, I'm okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then I'm feeling people touch my leg, and I'm like, who the hell is that touching my <laughs> leg? But it's like a comforting touch, you know? It's okay, Ricky, we're almost done. And like, oh, my heart is starting to pound, because I'm like, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, Burnaby, for those who know Vancouver, and, like, out in the bush area where they have a bunch of little, little like, pop-up factory-type buildings, with a bunch of strangers in a studio that has a ton of casts, like dead bodies, that lo- they look like dead bodies hanging everywhere. <laughs> and I put my life and my trust in these people. They could pull out those two straws from my nostrils at any point <laughs> and slap some more alginate and cast on it, and that's done. No one can find me. That's oh, it. no. That's it. You know, <laughs> no, yeah, and so and like, but in the situation, like, I'm kind of jokey about it right now because I'm alive. But in the moment, you're like, this, this, this could happen. This could actually happen right now. It's very possible. And you know, my heart started beating, and I've never, ever, ever, ever experienced that before. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, A product of too much horror film. No. <laughs> Wow. You know what I mean? I live yeah. in my head, you know? Well, so. <laughs> well I, th- I think this is a good time to uh, talk about intruders. Uh, I, and I, we talked yeah. about this in, uh, in our pre-chat, but uh, uh, I think it was about a week or two ago. I, you know, I, I, I needed to kill some time in the morning. And I had, you know, I had saved up all the episodes uh, after its run of uh-huh. intruders and, you know, uh, the thing that caught my eye about the show is, you know, I was a big X-Files fan back in the day. And uh, the okay. show, the show's creator is uh, Glenn Morgan, one of the, the better writers on the X-Files. So That's I was like, right. so I was interested yeah. in what he, you know, what he had coming out. And he did Final Destination and all that. And uh, so I, mm. I, I checked out the pilot and I literally spent the whole day watching this series. I mean, it's this is that good. It's a very good um Yeah, you didn't, you didn't take a shower, did you? You stayed in those pajamas. Like, <laughs> your, your well, I was by myself, so <laughs> I, I think I was... all day. <laughs> I was by myself, so I, I had a whole bunch of stuff planned. <laughs> Them things went out the window. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, so it's a fantastic show. It's one of those shows where you, you don't want to say too much when you're trying to explain it to someone else because you don't want to ruin it. But, but, um, interesting, we played a clip of your character, uh, who 
who is um, has a hitchhiker who's a nine year old girl played by Millie Brown. Yes, this fantastic young actress. Yes, the character. Yes, she is. And uh, <laughs> you guys are on a little road trip together, and there's something special about this nine nine year old child. She's inhabited by a uh, older serial killer. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so Hello, tell spoiler alert. Well, hey, look, you should have watched it. Hello, So tell us about uh, about the, the experience of of uh, working on the show and working with this uh, fine young actress. Yeah, um, it was it was amazing. Actually, I remember going to the read through of the first four episodes and you know everybody was there and all the all the network execs were there and all the, the both directors were there and just and like every every and everyone's assistant it was a huge read through that had like a huge team of people there for the read through because this is you know the very very first episode and I'm looking around, and I've worked on other pilots before, and uh, and pilots end up being kind of like a gong show, you know, they're all of a sudden getting green lit, and everyone's like just scrambling to throw it together to actually get it made and pray that it gets picked up and stuff. Now, Intruders was picked up, right? Mm-hmm. But there still could have been that franticness, because it's the start, and it's like any group coming together, you know, there's, you know, different personalities, you have to see if they're gelling very well, and, and that can often... You know, that usually weeds itself out the more episodes are done. Well, I'm in there in the read-through, and then we're doing the reading, and then we one break, and just feel this calm and this kind of organic, I don't know, this, this really beautiful, and words are slipping my mind, it, everything's just kind of flowing smoothly, which I was like, this is just really weird energy for the be- very, very beginning of the show. I'm like, that's, this is fantastic, because if this energy can remain, then the art can actually happen, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, the energy just, it just, it, it grew, like, everyone was so on their game um, on set, and the director, Eduardo Sanchez, um, he, he really allowed us to do what we wanted to do. He trusted the actors a lot to, to, um, that, that, that we knew what we were doing and, you know, in his direction, if there was direction, it was very specific and fine tuned, um, to what they needed for the show. And it was, it was fantastic. And working with Millie Brown, hello, <laughs> she, 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 I don't know where she came from. This whole idea of, spoiler alert, of a big person inside of her, in real life, I think that's true. Like, yeah. she's up from another planet. She is the most gracious, precocious, creative child I have, child actor I have met in a long time. And I remember, like, I remember talking to her dad during that read-through, because as a parent, I'm always curious about parents who have their children in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was just like, this, she'd only been acting for, I think, a year and a half at that time. Oh, and wow. it was on the suggestions from, like, I think, her guidance counselor at school that, you know, Millie should get a hobby. And so she's like, I'll take up acting. And just that one little thing, and it's just snowball from acting classes to... And it's just snowballed and snowballed, but it's her that has been driving it. 
Like, her dad had the most adorable look on his face. He just looked stunned. Like, where am I? I left, I left London, and now my daughter is a star on a, on a huge TV series. He looked stunned. And she was as cool as a cucumber, as, like, in charge, yet very, very gracious and, and welcoming as any lead of any show should be. And, um, and she was, she's like, she's going to be on to big, big things. This, I really hope that's lady, for her. This young lady blew fantastic. me away. She blew me away with her performance. Cause, you know, because I'm, I'm always surprised, you know, when a child can deliver such a great performance and she just blows you away. Yeah. Yeah, she she's she got she's she's uh and it, only a year really wow that's 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 something else and you guys yeah. had good really good chemistry too in the in your scenes. Oh yeah, well we would hang out all day, you know, and and it was pretty cool because like she's just a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And so she was just telling me, you know, about what's going on, you know. Oh, I'm feeling under the weather. One time, you know, we were sitting down and having uh, lunch. Um, and they had a, a raffle, I forgot what, what was being, what was the prize. It was like just, just like a raffle that was happening. And like, and she was getting everyone to put their names in the hats. Like, she's just such a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as action was called, boom, the eyes changed. The body <laughs> mannerisms changed. The voice even changed. It got a little bit deeper. Like, oh, wow. Where did Lily go? Like, she has it somebody really, inside really of her. <laughs> and, like, and, oh, and apparently she prepared the audition herself. Like, usually I think she had help before. This is what her dad told me, you know? And her dad was like, oh, and just another audition because she was on fire in L.A. Everybody wanted her on their project. And, um, and I guess auditions were kind of like a dime a dozen to, her, to her, her and her family at that time. And so, and she was just like, no, she really, really liked this one. It had a huge monologue and she learned the whole thing on her, on her own. She's like, what, eight, eight? Wow. That's awesome. Like, yeah, she's, she's, a, she's amazing. I was like, what was I doing when I was eight or nine? I know I wasn't acting. <laughs> I was, I was bad acting. <laughs> That's what I was doing. And, uh, there's a, uh, and you, did you work with James Frain at all? Did you get a chance to? I didn't get a chance to act. Well, act, I, 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 uh, I did a couple of scenes with him, but we spent a little bit of time off camera, like a makeup chair and whatnot, chit chatting. He's a, he's such a thespian. He's, Great actor. His, his true love is really theater. You know, he's, he knows his stuff inside and out, you know? And, uh, I mean, he loves film and TV, but, like, theater is, he's is great he's actor. hard, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was fantastic talking to him about that. There's a scene, too, uh, I, uh, before we uh, move on, uh, where your character yeah. meets their demise. And, uh, so uh, James Frain's character comes in there. Spoiler alert! Blah blah blah. Uh, comes in there and and you're on the ground, right? Uh, deceased. Yeah. And then there's a giant rat running around, and I was wondering, did you have to lay on the ground? Was you know, or was like, what was that? Like, did you have to lay around while that rat was running around? I did. Ah. I did. That was, yeah, that was a very easy. I know. They were amazing. They cleaned that. That bathroom reeked of Javix and vinegar. Like, they <laughs> disinfected that thing uh-huh. like crazy. It was ama- it was. It didn't feel gross, you know? Oh, okay. And then they dressed it with all of the gore 
um, afterwards. So, like, they, they brought me in there before, and they're like, Rakia is totally clean, because it was a public washroom, and it's totally clean, da 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 and, you know, you could see the corners. Someone had gone in there with a toothbrush and stuff where I was going to be lying, and they were like, <laughs> you know. Um, but the rats, I was kind of like, Ugh. there's something about the tails of rats. I that know. Kind of, kind of, you know, it's kind of squirmy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I want to be okay with this because I know from a storytelling perspective, it'll just, it'll just tell the story that much more, you know? And so I just, I talked to the wrangler who I'd met before and, um, and asked if I could touch the rats and so we did that and I kind of just... Oh, so you bond part with of my them. mind about the. I try. I don't know how much you can really bond with a rat, but it was funny shooting. I remember uh, shooting, and um, and uh, the rats at first weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, and they had put like little rat treats in the blood, which is edible, and so it's what the rats would go there, right? No. No, no. They they were like, "Oh, where am I? I can hide from this shot." Take five. Come on, rats. Take ten. How you doing, How many takes? I'm just chilling out, lying here in some blood. That is sticky. I'm cool. Um, I, hey, I felt for you watching it because uh, everyone who knows me knows uh, I can't stand uh, rodents yeah. at all. So I was sitting there like, oh, they put... They, oh, they you put, can't stand rats? I don't like them. I don't like them at all. So... I was sitting there like, oh, they made that poor young lady lay there <laughs> next to that rat. I never uh, thought it was a- I'd be talking to you uh, weeks <laughs> later, but uh, I was definitely thinking that when I was watching it. So I, I, I'm glad everything worked out okay. But we have a we should start making this this next thing I'm about to bring up a segment because much like in okay. New, much like in New York, if you've been an actor for some time and you you work out in New York, you've probably been on one of the Law and Orders. So we found okay, yeah, yeah. we yeah, yeah. found that if you've been an actor for some time and you work out of Canada, you've probably been on an episode of Supernatural. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this segment we're gonna make this into a segment because everybody works out of Canada has been on Supernatural. So tell us we're gonna That's call right. this tell yeah. us about your supernatural experience. <laughs> oh, that was okay. Now there's an example of a well-oiled machine. What are they on? Like season ten now? Yeah, like eleven make, or like, something. Like, like Coronation Street out of England. It just keeps on going, you know. <laughs> um, they, I had auditioned for that show. I think like seven times. Like they wanted me on that show, and the 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 part just never came up, you know. And so finally. A very classic style supernatural show where they got to solve a case comes up and they need a fortune teller, uh, like kind of fraudulent uh, fortune teller um, <laughs> being played. And, uh, and I got that part. Her name was Camille Thibodeau and they modeled her after, what was that? Um, Miss Cleo. What's that? What's that? Fake. Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo, call me now. And as soon as I saw that on the breakdown, I was like, oh my God, I really, really want this part. It's so funny, you know? <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I played her, um, and, uh, but I started getting haunted by 
by a spirit and uh, and threatened with my life. And it was so much fun because it was the first time I had done anything that was anything close to horror, um, just like the whole fear um, emotion and like running away from something that you don't know is coming. So much fun to shoot, so much fun. And I was working with um, just a whole supernatural team. Jeez, they're, they, they, they finish each other's sentences. They finish each <laughs> other's jobs before it can't even be. And, like, after so many years, they just know. And they plunk you in the middle of it, so welcoming, and you're so well taken care of because everybody just knows what they are doing, what needs to happen. It's, it's just, it was a, a, just a dream to work on that show. Just a dream. And I'm really, really grateful that I got to get on it. Yeah, that, know, that's the word. Stamp. That's the word about Supernatural, <laughs> like Supernatural is how they take care of you. And how yeah. uh, how uh, the, the leads, uh, Jensen and uh, uh, Jared, um, how they treat, you yeah. know, everybody that comes on. So uh, that that's good to know. So yet again, another wonderful uh, experience on Supernatural. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I think hey, one of them was having a baby, so... It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> hey, I was going to kind of switch a little bit and talk about your... From acting oh, yeah. to writer-director, BFF. Oh, yeah, the BFF Club. <laughs> yeah, that's a movie that... Uh, it's a short film that I wrote, directed, produced um, a couple of years ago uh, based on... Um, on just kind of the concept of, you know, when you watch romantic comedy, there's always the BFF, whether it's a female or male lead. And the BFF is so not the lead. Um, she's either some sort of ethnicity, like African-American or Asian. She might be, if she is uh, Caucasian, she might be overweight or gay. Um, but just some sort of quote, minority figure, you know, and, um, and I really started investigating that because I, I, uh, I often played, played a BFF, uh, part in uh, a lot of romantic comedies, uh, uh, like for TV movies that are shot here in Vancouver, which there are a ton shot out here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's kind of a niche market for me. And, uh, and so I just really wanted to explore that because kind of like what I was talking about earlier, I don't want to make the roles all the same, but if I'm getting called for these roles, how can I diversify them? How can I understand it even more? So I wrote the film and, um, and I realized that, you know, almost every character is just a different facet of the lead, like kind of a, a mental, pers like a perspective of the lead, you know, to really push the lead forward and push essentially the story forward. Um, and so the film... It's something that I'm thinking I'll be releasing online pretty soon. Uh, it's a it's cool. a parody of a romantic comedy, um, <laughs> uh, and it's about a, it's about a group of these uh, sideline characters who get together in an AA type situation uh, to talk about how they can be better BFFs to their leading lady. <laughs> and, um, I play the black. I play the black BFF, Shani Hua, and, uh, and I run the group because the black BFF has been around probably the longest, uh. um, <laughs> only rivaled by the full-figured BFF, um, <laughs> who is uh, the, the, uh, the, the vice president of the group. 
And uh, the smart BFF um, decides that she wants to be a leading lady and buck out from this old BFF number two type of role. And, um, and that throws the whole group on its head, like, because our sense of identity is to be number two. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just evolves from there. In a romantic comedy type way. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds very cute. I I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So now, you know, one thing I love about uh, this generation, too, of actors is that, you know, uh, instead of just waiting for the, the phone to ring for a job you're making your own jobs by directing and writing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's real important, especially for a lot of young people out there who want to get in this business is, you know, develop those kind of skills so that you can have that opportunity or make your own opportunity, make your own opportunities. So uh, absolutely. Especially uh, in this day, digital day and age, I think it's, it's necessary. Like I really wish we had done this in theater school and apparently now at Ryerson, they are doing it. Cause I just realized like, like that whole concept of no one's going to hire you. Learn to write, learn to produce, learn to direct. Like, become more well rounded. Mm-hmm. And the very best to know everything about everything. That's right. That's what I've learned, yeah. So, upcoming project, you have a play starting next week. I do. It's called Good People, and I'm working with some very, very good people. Um, <laughs> and good people, <laughs> uh, it's a play about a, um, a woman, Margie, 50 years old, who is um, really class, uh, like working class, and, uh, and she loses her job at the dollar store. She's a cashier at the dollar store. And she's tight on rent, and she takes care of her grown, um, mentally disabled daughter. And she doesn't know what she's going to do because she's going to get kicked out from her daughter. So she does something really ballsy and uh, and hits up her ex-boyfriend from high school, whom she hasn't seen since high school, uh, for a job, and uh, and invites herself over to his house. <laughs> and some truths come out that nobody wanted to really know. Uh, uh, I play the wife of this husband, and it is it's, it's a fun, fun time. It's a comedy, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many weeks yeah. will it run? And it uh, runs, runs uh, 10 days, 10 shows, I believe. Or no, nine shows. From the 19th of November until... November 29th at Studio 1398 on Granville Island uh, with, no, sorry, 10 shows because there's a matinee on Saturday and our off day is Monday. Mm-hmm. So please come check it out. You can get tickets from brownpapertickets.com. All right. Holla, holla, or find me on Facebook. All right. So, <laughs> or Twitter. Now, we've come to the point uh, in the show that we affectionately love to call Rapid Fire. And the way that Rapid Fire works is that me and Tara Lynn will pepper you with questions. So, uh, are you uh-uh. are you ready? Okay, okay. i got to do my stretches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so our, our first question that, we, that I always like to start off with is, a couple of years ago at Coachella, they had a hologram concert for the rapper Tupac. What dead artist okay. or group would you like to see a hologram concert of? Oh, I would love to see Jimi Hendrix perform. Nice. Yes. 
I believe you're the first too. That, or to even say Janet that. or Janet Joplin. You volunteered? Uh-huh. Holy smokes! Yeah, <laughs> them on the same stage together—that'd be nice. <laughs> be very oh, cool together. Mm-hmm. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, favorite fast food place. Favorite fast food place? Oh, you embarrass me. <laughs> McDonald's. Um, <laughs> oh God. It's awful. It's excuses. I have kids who still use card share, so it's easier just to go through the drive-thru. Um, I've been trying to go through Starbucks, um, but they're not as fast as McDonald's, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah. you need kids to be able to say it's okay to go to McDonald's. Okay, mental note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't, isn't that awful? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to put you on the my, I have to tell you, my husband's looking at me right now smiling. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm gonna uh, put you on the spot again. What's your favorite guilty pleasure junk food? My favorite guilty pleasure? Junk food, yeah. Oh, junk food. Oh, um, I'm not much of a junk food person. Like, if it's like, I will go out to McDonald's though. So. And like, it's a big pack. <laughs> if we're if the kids if the kids yeah if the kids are asleep, there's a McDonald's close by that has a drive through, and like I get him a Blizzard, and I get myself a smoothie like this like the the Mr. Softy, super sized fries. <laughs> but then I have to get him his own super-sized pasta. Like, don't touch mine. <laughs> Please don't have a fart. It's awful. <laughs> like, midnight. <laughs> in my pajamas, going to McDonald's. Awful. Awful. Okay, next. <laughs> next. <laughs> what is the last movie you and your husband saw together? Uh, what was the last one we saw together? Oh, good question. <laughs> um, like go to the theater mm-hmm. to go see. Yes. Oh, oh, oh! God, babe, what was the last movie we saw together? <laughs> he gives me the hand. I don't know. Um, <laughs> do the, okay, at do home the right on thing. <laughs> do the right thing. At home at my couch. Um, not a movie. I've been on a TV series binge. I just finished watching Weeds. <laughs> um, I'm probably the last person on earth to have ever watched it. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finishing up Dexter right now. I'm d- I've been on a TV series kick. Fun. <laughs> movies. Awful, Binge huh? watching. Awful. All right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm so looking forward to Marco Polo right now. Coming out on Netflix on the 12th of December. Yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right. So here, here's our last uh question that we always end off with and now you're you're currently based in vancouver right yeah okay so we'll tailor it to yes, vancouver all right now you got to help a okay. bro- you got to help a brother out a young man is taking okay. a, a young lady out on the on a night on the town in vancouver and he's coming to you for advice okay. you got to give him the perfect date to take a young lady out in vancouver Oh, well, I'm going to have to take a cue from my man because he definitely wooed me and earned me. <laughs> okay, <Aww>. so <laughs> um, let's say you haven't given me, like, if, they, if they've been together for a little while, but it, let's say it's like a date number two or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would say pick her up and during during like while it's still light out and take her kayaking, which is a nice, easy going kind of activity that you're not going to sweat too much and ruin your makeup or anything. (laughs) Um, And then after that, uh, go for dinner somewhere like Vidges in South Granville. And then chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat. Maybe go see a live performance somewhere Um, after that. Like, or go... Go to see like live comedy at Yuck Yucks or something. <laughs> that would, I think, that would really impress a girl because you get to show kind of your personality, like what kind of sense of humor you have, what kind of food you're into, you know, and talk about. And then the kayaking thing—that's what he did on our second date, and uh, we really got to talk a lot during that kayaking trip and and explore the Cove area. So that's what I'd say if you really want to get a girl. Got me. Oh. <laughs> All right. So if I'm, if I'm ever in Vancouver, I will definitely take uh, uh, whatever young lady I'm taking out on the Rakia Bernard date. And, uh, you know, if yes, it, if it yes. goes well, you know, I'll just make it like it's my own. If it doesn't go well, I'll just say, hey, Rakia Bernard was the one that told me. <laughs> Blame it on her. Here's her Twitter. Hey, and if you're really lucky, Kinte. Uh-huh. Rakia Bernard will be the comedian on the stage you all go to see. Hey, there you go. Uh, then that's oh going to make it a success. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Foreshadow, well, foreshadow. foreshadow. Well, <laughs> well, thank you foreshadow, so... Foreshadow, foreshadow. Yeah, next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. You were uh, amazing. Uh, it was so great to uh, talk to you. Uh now we know the play is the nineteenth of November, right? At say it one more time. Where? Yes, uh, Good People is going to be playing at Studio thirteen ninety eight on Granville Island from November nineteenth to November twenty ninth with a matinee show on Saturday. You can get your tickets at brownpapertickets.com. dot com. Please come and support indie theater here in Vancouver. All right, and how can people get with you on social media like Twitter? And your website. Yeah, follow me. Yeah, uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. On Facebook and Twitter, I'm me, Rukia Bernard. Rukia is spelled R-U-K-I-Y-A. Bernard, like St. Bernard, just no saint. And <laughs> on uh, Instagram, you can find me at Hi Fly Hi. But I usually like connect the two anyway. So, yeah, I'm more of a Facebooker, though. All right. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, please, uh, when you have your next project, come back on and we'll (laughs) chop it up with you once again. For sure. You guys have been amazing to chat to. Love you guys. Have fun. All right. I will. You too. (laughs) Bye. All right. So, um, Tara Lynn, uh, it was a great episode. I had a wonderful time. Uh, Me too. Yes. She is so funny. I know I'm going to see her on stage someday. She is so funny. I think so. She she definitely has the chops. Uh, so how can people get you or get with you on uh, social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook, and it's Terilyn Gravois, G R A V O I S. <laughs> All right, and you can get me at Kente F, and also you can get the show at the Spotlight Hollywood. Or I'm sorry, the Spotlight H E. 
and uh, you know, make sure you you follow us. And remember, we have a show on our normal time at six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern on Friday. We have actress Michelle Tomlinson, so that should be excellent as well. Looking forward to it. We have we're going to have quite a bit of shows coming up to close out this year. So yeah, yeah. So we we're going to get them in, and uh, we're going to end this year on a very high note. And I'm just really excited uh, about this. So I know we, we yeah, have and I hope our off. fans start calling in with questions too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, sometimes people get intimidated. You know, know, so but you know, it's pretty good though. So uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, and I'll see you Friday. And yeah, we'll see you Friday. I'm Kente. I'm Tara Lynn. And we'll catch you next time.